um, which is even more sort of wait, 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 for, for a minute, I was like, the star of Fiddler on the Roof? No. Like, <laughs> that's where, like, where your brain went. Oh, that's Paul, just so that's insightful. Little, little, I just little, got a real look into goodness. that manatee brain. Okay, yeah. So, no, it, it was... Fucking um, speedboat. <laughs> Regular co-host, so by our director of marketing, Zarissa Holdaway. Hi. Yes. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Thank Manoush you. Zamarodi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> every time I see you, you're in a new, st and it's it's like every probably eight months or so. Yeah. You're in a totally new stage of your dramatic media career. I know. Mm. What am I doing? You're I'm <laughs> so excitable. It's yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. so let's just like let's put it in a pot and talk about it. So we have yeah. started at WNYC doing like radio stuff, I yep. guess. So I had thought I was not going to get back into journalism. I was a producer and a reporter for the BBC and for Reuters television. And then I sort of got pregnant and had babies. <laughs> sort and, of. You know, that thing. It was planned. It was planned. It wasn't like that sort of thing. But okay. it just meant that I couldn't run around the world anymore. Okay. So you yeah. were an international correspondent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was okay. running around. Okay. And then that was fine. I stayed here and I covered uh, the financial crash in 2008 for Reuters television. Mm -hmm. And then I was doing more sort of consultant-y stuff, like helping nonprofits set up their journalism outfits. Like okay. this was when, you know, nonprofits suddenly realized like, oh shit, we don't need journalists. We can go directly to people and make videos. In any case, I had this weird lunch with an old friend of mine who'd been at ABC when I was at the BBC and he was covering, uh, he was economics or business editor at WNYC. And this is like 2012. And mm -hmm. I was like, dude, you need to be covering the tech economy in New York. Forget Wall Street. This is happening. Yeah. And he was like, well, I don't have any people to do that. You do it. I was mm -hmm. like, okay. So I started just doing this little thing every week. And then the station was like, oh, podcasts are taking off. We need more women. Mm. Can you turn it into? <laughs> love that. No, but that, they say no, that. No, they down do say there. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's fine. I'll yeah. sure. And so I did. I made a podcast, and um, eventually it grew into something I did not expect. It wasn't specifically about New York or the economics of the tech industry. It turned into more sort of a look at tech and society, a very global look at it. And we built a beautiful community. It was a podcast called Note to Self. Mm -hmm. it still is called Note to Self. But that was a couple years, right? Yeah. So 2012. Uh, so I did the show for five years. Yeah, five years. Five okay. years. That's respectable, right? It's extremely respectable. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Anything over like four episodes and you've actually, you've committed. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, to the point where I wrote a book about one of the huge projects that we did. It's called Bored and Brilliant. The mm -hmm. paperback is out in September and it's about what happens neurologically in our brains. How does the design of our technology sort of takes us to places we don't expect to go? Do you get bored a lot? You don't have a lot of boredom in you when I see you. Well, that was my question. You're uh, too busy to ever be bored. It sort of sounds like. But here's the thing is for someone like me, I had to rethink what boredom was mm -hmm. and accept that actually it's an extremely productive part of your life. So once as a type A person, I could convince myself that this being bored was actually very conducive to being more productive otherwise. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. chilling. Yeah. And okay. that's when you come up with the good ideas. And you're not wired to chill out. 
No. No. So <laughs> things happen. Yes, things happen. And, but and, not to me, to be yeah. clear. Not to me. No, there, but there's a, there's a big world out there and a lot of stuff yeah. happened with hashtag me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But holy crap, it has been a, a year to watch, yeah. especially in media, like being a media <sighs> exile. And I mean, you lived mm-hmm. it in the worst possible way. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, for context, yeah. Zarissa, where did you used to work? I worked for Charlie Rose. Mm. And you are a great marketing person who's done a wonderful job for us, but you had a pretty <laughs> sudden career transition. Uh, yeah, I was the digital editor there. I handled the big archive digitization and transition. We built this huge website. You know, it was a fantastic project. I loved doing that. It is. It's a very good archive of Charlie Rose talking. Yes, thank you. And all of his other guests talking who yes, let's not mix point. them That's up right. in any of this. That's exactly it's, right. It's 26 years of, you know, American history and world history. It's every day we did a show just about, and it's all there and that's really cool. And I have nightmares about this archive vanishing after the like sweat that we put into yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Especially because of, you know, the, the Charlie stuff. So, who, so where is it? He owns it. He owns it. So it's like in a hard drive yeah. in Long Island? No, I mean, it's still, on, it's still online. It's on the cloud right now, but he could sort of turn it off at any point if he wanted to. Charlie, don't do it. That's a great archive. You talk to us first. I yes. don't know. I just heard that he was invited to one of the Sun big, Valley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, are we ready for me to rehabilitation? Mm-hmm. No. No. No, I don't, I think, don't we think we are. are. It was no. weird. Like, uh, I think people are like, oh, that was that thing that happened. It's, like, it's not no. over. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Everybody's just taking a breath. It's summer. People go to the Hamptons. (laughs) We'll be back in the fall. In in the fall, they'll take some more people down. Yeah, a one. They'll be yeah. But I also think that we're at this really interesting moment where it's been what it was November, right? When this all sort of kicked October, and here we are, say seven, eight months later, nine months later. I think it's like a baby. Like something started to gestate during that period in the fall. What do you think there's like a language now really to talk about it and to say, and there is a belief. Like now it's a thing that we have seen happen. A lot of us saw it happen at different stages in our careers up close. And now there's this language and framework for understanding it that used to be all this sort of like secret, stay away from that guy. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I remember warning interns about like, hey, you're gonna just be careful over there. Like, but what happened was it felt very like headline driven, but yeah. actually what happened was that this seed was planted for a lot of women that was like, fuck this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily about an incident or a guy or anything like that. It was about the whole system. And suddenly, I think a lot of us, I know I'm not alone in this because I know several people who decided to quit their jobs and start their own things. There was this sense of like, what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Fuck it. I'm doing it. And I think that was, I think we're starting to see the fruits of that right now. Like Julia, I mean, I won't speak for her, but Julia Angwin left ProPublica to start her own thing. There are a lot of women who are suddenly saying, why did I think that I couldn't do this on my own? And maybe I can. And you know what? If I don't try, I'm going to be so pissed off at myself. I have to wonder too, like everything's a little depressing up at, out in the world right now. Yeah. And if, if it isn't just like, why the hell not? Right. Why, why wait for <laughs> right. permission? Like, right. Totally, totally like, true. Like the, the person who runs the world is likely to grab my ass. So I might as well do my startup. <laughs> I mean, if he can be president, I can have my own company. Yeah, there's that too, right? Absolutely. Like, for good. sure. But also for me, I think it was the fact that you know, I'm quite grateful to Donald Trump and then he has started a conversation amongst a group of us who were very complacent, you know, mm-hmm. like 
I grew up in the 90s. It was pretty good, you know? We were, from the biggest story I covered was Monica Lewinsky. And my editor at the time told me, this is going to be the biggest news event in your career. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. God help mm-hmm. us. I mean, I wish it had been, you know? It certainly has created a different kind of discourse. Yes. Some of which is just, has never really happened quite like this before at... With so many people. I mean, I think like encounter groups in the 60s were having these conversations. Yes. Nothing's new. Right. But it's happening nationally. But the wor- And the words that are coming out of my mouth, I would have laughed at, like a cynically slackery laughed at myself yeah. as a Gen Xer in my 20s. Like values, ethics, <laughs> go screw yourself. Because you, you walked in here. I'm going to just throw some words at you. Okay. Capitalism. Yeah. Blockchain. Yeah. Feminism. <laughs> yeah. And uh, journalism and technology. Yeah. Okay, so that's you five words. You said my five favorite words. <laughs> that's great. Let's let's break those down. Starting with, so you have a new podcast. Yes. Called Zigzag. Correct. There's a co-host too, right? Well, it's she's my former executive producer. Okay. So we left WNYC together. And the format that we've come up with is that I'm still the host, but she's very present in a lot of tape. And we... <laughs> What's her name? Jen Poyant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she was also the executive producer of Two Dope Queens. Oh, okay. um, sure. she's super sharp and funny and um, just sort of the yin to my yang. And so what you hear is a lot of our sort of come to Jesus moments, freak outs, voicemails, musings that sort of push the story along. But it's not just about us. It's about a lot more than that. What is it about? What is it about, <laughs> yeah. Manoush? Well, Paul, um, <laughs> so when we decided that we wanted to do our own thing, mm-hmm. me too, sort of pushed us to think like, what what would it look like if we had editorial independence or financial independence? What would we do? And we had that moment where you go start talking to everyone you know, mm-hmm. and something came of it. We met someone who thought, you know, you should meet these other people. And it's a group of techies and journalists who have founded something called Civil which is using the blockchain to try and build a sustainable marketplace for journalism. Great. We had Civil in. Actually, oh, you did? Yeah. Who? At one, uh, we did an event. Oh. We did a blockchain panel with Maria Bastios. Brady and Dale. Dale. Firecracker. Yeah. yeah. We love Maria. Oh but um, Maria is launching with Civil. Correct. Um, a media platform on the blockchain. Yes. And when they came in and talked, uh, the first thing I said, and I'll, I'll say, that there, are you doing blockchain things? Yes. Okay. But in a different way because we're a podcast. Okay. So we got to let's let's we can unpack uh, that. Let's unpack that. So this po- zigzag is a podcast about. It's a meta podcast following me and Jen as we decide to quit our jobs, start our own company, and join this weird radical experiment using the blockchain to try and save journalism. Mm-hmm. So the end goal for us is really what Note to Self ended up being and what I sort of discovered was my passion and has become my expertise is this idea of tech and society. Mm-hmm. And how do we get consumers excited to understand how technology works, to have a voice in how we make sure that it is for good and improves our world. And I think like for me, it's like podcasts are a great medium, but it, they might not be the right medium for a good idea that you have. Mm-hmm. Put the ideas first and build the media around it. And okay. so for us, it's about using podcasts as a lab to test ideas that we have, which we previously have done, and then seeing where they go from there. You said it, it was going to be a little bit more meta of like following your journey of doing this. Does that mean you're going to be a lot more personal that you're going to talk about more like your experiences? Um, it's like really personal. Well, you, you're pretty comfortable talking about your stuff because you're Gen X. 
Right, because <laughs> I've been in therapy. Well, no, and nobody cared. Like the boomers didn't weren't even listening, right? No, so. exactly. Seriously, they were like, "Whatever, I have to mix my G and T." Yeah, and you're and, just... and, and you like, "I'm going to go to Kinkos and send this to five people I met through a mail or mailing list," right? <laughs> and you you know, and it can be as intimate as you want because you were never going to meet anyone. Right, or go to my room and write down like poetry that I would stuff behind my stuffed animals. No, that's exactly oh. right. Right, it's good when I was and when, listen to Morrissey. I know when I was oh, when I was good dating, days, good times, early days dating my wife. Um, she put on some tape and it was like Bob Dylan, and then it cut and it was she'd made it in high school, and it cut to her reading a poem I think that she'd written. Oh, and I, I immediately ran to the tape machine to try to get it, and, <laughs> and she, she was like, "No!" no jumped on my back and just began to pound my neck oh my god <laughs> until i finally and she like wouldn't let me up until i finally relinquished the cassette oh <laughs> so I just, good i just remember her little voice like her 15 year old voice going like bring on the knife <laughs> it was pretty good but i will say like we explained the blockchain with folk music okay Ooh. so the idea is to like do things a little differently okay there's an earworm in chapter two be Who careful played guitar martin austwick okay he is a, a data scientist who also plays a mean sort of like give him a little riff mm -hmm. and uh he took us oh, so you found like the perfect blockchain folk song person yes finally finally oh or God. yeah blockchain guitar man as and we Pete referred Seeger to him can finally get out of limbo and go to heaven now And also before we go, a very special thank you to blockchain guitar man, Martin Oustwick, for helping us make this technology sing. Blockchain is Bitcoin's mommy. Okay, so we got a sense of what this is, but then funding model. Yeah. Now it's Radiotopia, right? It is. So this is a podcast network. Correct. Presumably they pay to have podcasts made and do stuff. No. 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 So Radiotopia does the distribution, the tech side, right? And uh, they also provide ad sales. So okay. we do have ads on our podcast. Oh, my God. I know. Shocking. And then the other side is Civil, right? And so Civil actually provided the funds for us to get started. We have full editorial control. They have no control over us. Mm -hmm. But they came to us and said, we have this first fleet of newsrooms. We are providing grants to get you started. They're small grants. But... Because we were like, this is like the perfect thing to cover. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Nobody understands the fucking blockchain. Mm -hmm. What if we actually made something that explained the blockchain that was entertaining, amusing, and also said like, you know what? It's okay if the blockchain thing doesn't work immediately. It's the perfect, I think, narrative vehicle to explore all the other problems that we have with the internet as it is. That's great. No, and like, why do people believe? And you know, it gets you into all of the fundamental yes. mental weirdness. Completely. That, and I have to say, like, I was like, it's Bitcoin bros and Lambos and bullshit. Mm -hmm. And then I met some people who are actually like really good people and care very deeply. It's mostly crazy. Come on. It is. Yeah. It's 90% crazy, but there's yeah. this 10%. No, without this, a doubt. Right? Like I've known Maria for years yeah. and, and she is a reliable narrator of interesting things happening in the world. Paul, what do you think of the consensus folks? blockchain consensus raft algorithm stuff or like what are you talking about i guess i'm wondering what you think of the the whole joe lubin ecosystem of using the blockchain to not it's not really about cryptocurrency it's about using it to upend other industries that could use some upending sure i mean look here's what i see it's a mind virus and people love it and it's a mind virus every time that that's happens, a good podcast name 
No, it's, I mean, just every time that happens, people get like something happens sometimes 10 years later where everybody's like, oh, that's what we were trying to do. Uh-huh. We're in the midst of a very large transition from the digital being understood as a way to share documents to it becoming a way to distribute software and experiences, mm-hmm. some of which might encapsulate documents, some of which might not. And so that transition and all the ideology around it, like watching that go from small and decentralized to centralized platforms uh, with enormous cultural power is has defined my entire career. Yeah. And uh, in lots of subtle personal ways and in professional ways and in money making ways and in, you know, challenge my beliefs. And so I see something similar happening with the blockchain in that. The kernel of the idea and the focus on it and the let's fight central banking aspect is incredibly appealing to a certain cohort, yep. many of whom are similar to the early internet cohort. And then it just sort of caught on and everyone got excited and it's proximate to money in the same way that um, early internet was proximate to uh, publishing and, mm-hmm. and reading. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to take a minute. It just takes a minute for it to kind of metabolize yep. through society's you know giant brain. And then we'll figure out what we're going to do with it. What I think, and this, I'll get real meta and abstract for a second. I don't, I think that at a certain level, something about giant technology platforms makes money less meaningful. Like when Facebook buys WhatsApp, they buy it with Facebook coins, even though it looks like $22 billion. They're (laughs) like, I don't know who in Facebook is thinking $22 billion. They're not thinking 22 billion, you know, bottles of milk or loaves of bread, they're thinking like, I need to get 22 billion units of something to come on over here so I can get all those WhatsApp users and then we'll figure out how to monetize it later, which is crazy. I mean, it was to me, it was really the, the privacy stuff. Like mm-hmm. when I really got into the digital privacy stuff and I went to see Sir Tim Berners-Lee at his lab at MIT and, mm-hmm. you know, just learned about the stuff that he's working on about he's flipping to, the model. He's some really interesting yeah, decentralized stuff. Totally. Yeah. Really cool shit. But it's it's not blockchain. But that to me was like, it's called solid. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I haven't done any research recently on It's still going it's on. It's happening. It's good stuff. I mean, it's going to yeah. take time, of it's, course. It's a research project. Right. Like, I think it's it's hard for people to get confused because he created the web and that, that one took off. But he's a labs guy. Like, right. he goes in and he comes up with ideas and then they either work or they don't. But and that so. got me so excited. This yeah. idea of, like, you being in charge of your data, companies having to ask you for permission to have access to it. That And I remember saying to my audience being like, oh, that'd be cool if that happens. Mm -hmm. And then to have the blockchain folks say, like, we think we can make this happen. Sure. That's. I get that. You know, I'm tired of being a journalist who complains all the time. Why not test it and try to see if you can help? Why not be an entrepreneur who complains all the time? Well, right. (laughs) (laughs) I, that, that's what I am. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true, actually. Yeah. But you're building stuff. No, that's very true. And that's I think true. that's what was so frustrating to me is when you are in a specific media, media ecosystem where you can say, you know, let's learn about it. Let's find the problems with it. And then that's where it stops. When, I don't know, there comes a point where you're like, well, what, how, okay, can we move on? Like, can we fix it? It's really true. It's a little bit like you're in this priestly cast mm-hmm. when you're in the media and you're not supposed right. to get your hands dirty. Correct. Then there comes a point where you're like, do I believe more in the ethos of this culture or is it worth it for me to participate even though I might kind of get cast out of heaven? Can I just say you just nailed what the show is about. Okay. I think that's where we are in this weird purgatory with trying to, and I think both of those industries are sort of at a weird overlap point right now, the well, media yeah. and tech. And yeah. 
The media in particular, you know, they, there's a cohort and they protect their boundaries and you're either in or you're out, right? And so that's, but that's get, been getting blurry because there's not so much money and power in media right. as there used to be. So it's not as valuable to be in the cohort. Well, and here's what I have to ask is as part of this decentralization and these like upending of the old hierarchies of things, is that going to tie into me too as well? Like, does the blockchain make it easier yes. for women to like get yes. in there? Yes. I think it could take off. I've never felt like there was a way for me to try my own thing until this moment. Hmm. And it happens to be funded by the blockchain. So that's notable. Yes. Whether yeah. it works or See, not. This is, this is really wild, right? Because if people are listening to this, like you had a, a podcast that was very, very successful. Hundreds of thousands of listeners. You were doing real good. You've had a TED talk. You did a book. And you're, you're sitting here telling us like, I needed permission to do my own thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's banana cakes. That's what Roman Mars said to me. He's yeah. like, banana cakes. Like, I wouldn't even have noticed, like, it would never occur to me that you felt that you needed permission because you seem like you'd given it to yourself. I don't think I thought, thought of it that way. Okay. I think I thought I was doing my thing. And then one day you're like, wait, this isn't really my thing. And then I was like, this is not my thing. I don't own this thing. Mm, All ownership. Owning, so that's that's and gets, back to the me too again. And to capitalism. Yes. Really it's the ownership back. thing. I think yeah. intellectual property is, uh, there's something about owning your shit. Yeah. So in episode one, we get into it. Like three things happened basically. And I'm not going to, it's more fun to listen to the episode, obviously. But one of them was me too. Uh, the other was a philanthropist came to me and was like, you, the work you're doing about tech and society is very important. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you bigger? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know the answer. And that hurt my feelings a little bit, but it also said, huh, like somebody wants to give me money. And then the third one is kind of sounds so dumb, but it was Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, yeah, okay. So just an event pushed you over. I was like, I don't know. I suddenly felt validated. And I think a lot of women have this thing where they don't realize that they're waiting for permission for a thing, somebody to say, and yes, and now you will have the keys to success. Off you go, young lady. Mm -hmm. And I suddenly was like, oh, no, I'm doing all the right things. Like, so if I don't like it, that's on me. If I want to be creatively satisfied or, or more financially successful, Take responsibility for it, you mm -hmm. know? There's a point where you go, I can't be broke and smart. Like, I have to decide. Like, if I'm going to believe I'm smart. <laughs> so true. I just can't suck this bad anymore. Is that what drove yeah, like you? The, well, in a couple different directions. But I was just like, you know, I'm looking at my bank account. And I'm just like, I was meeting very successful people. And they weren't that smart. I know. <laughs> I was just like. I got to get in there. And right? then, and then you know, I mean, maybe my radical Gen X roots, I'll, I'll help other people along. And that's, Exactly right. So that's, that's, you know, as I'm building this company, there's some writing and thinking I'm doing. Like, how do you get other people into this world? And actually, this that's, Rich feels the same way, my co-founder. When we did our marketing plan, it's purely how do we help people build careers, whether they're our clients or strangers or whatever. It's awesome. How do you get people in here? And that feels like a valid ethical way to do marketing as opposed to come running up to someone and being like, this is the greatest company ever. Right. Just be like, hey, you seem to be here. Sometimes we have insight about how to get you to from A to B. So if you need it, let us know. So I think that in addition to this idea of blowing up tech and society, the idea into whatever media it wants to be, and we'll see where that goes. I think for Jen and I, it's also, she's really good at identifying talent mm -hmm. and getting them to a place where they feel comfortable. She certainly did that for me. And so Stable Genius is the name of our company. We want to build a stable of people mm -hmm. 
women who we can put in a, a situation where they can be their wonderful selves. Like that, I think, is definitely one of the goals as well. I have a theory of talent. Tell me. It's what annoys you. The only the way you identify talented people is you look at people who obsessively, repeatedly do something that they can't stop themselves from it's doing. So true. <laughs> and then you help them. If you want to help them, you help them do that in such a way that it doesn't destroy the rest of their life. Uh, and the only reward that they really <laughs> need is more more access to the thing that obsesses them. It's really, really, really true. Right. So she saw you and she's just like, this person can't take care of themselves. <laughs> I need to just get them in a room with like a, a copy of Pro Tools and a microphone and then like then it'll be okay. To me, it was more the opposite, actually. Okay. And I wonder if that's a woman thing, too. And that I was so good at taking direction mm. that I was exactly what people thought I should be. Mm. And she was like, but when I hang out with you, you're really funny and cool. And why don't you just be that? I mean, when they put it that way, it's hard to, maybe I should be funny and cool. I know. (laughs) Instead, I was extremely, like, capable and buttoned up. For me, one of the major lessons of the Me Too thing is that, like, Charlie's still got that 26 years of stuff that he made. He's sitting on however many millions of dollars that thing is worth. And no matter what has happened to him, like, he's still got that. And we historically have been very bad at creating things that we own that, if we can't work for a day or a week or something happens to us rightly or wrongly. I mean, you look at his model and it's brilliant. Yeah, I think I think he had a very smart lawyer early on who said, like, don't give this away. Yeah, and, my lawyer has been like, never you are did. a dumb shit. Like, you really have screwed yourself <laughs> up completely. And you yes. truly do think that the media industry is entirely designed to teach liberal arts graduates how to manage litigation risk. And then mm. the side effect is that we sometimes <laughs> write and publish stories. But an enormous That's really interesting because the conversation we had yesterday was like, you know, at what point does the word or title journalist limit you in some way? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. you're held to not not that there's anything wrong with ethical standards. God, no. And that, like, you know, I believe in the rigors of reporting, but that at some point you just can't say what you really think. Yeah. You've kind of carved out a weird little niche here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. At some level, I think that publishing and media in general is all about, can I please the great father, who is the editor-in-chief? Yes! Right? We're going to a place here. So what's interesting is that you've basically said, I am going to kill the father. There's no dad. There's the blockchain. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, it's decentralized. No, you're going to have a decentralized thing that you register your world into as opposed to like there being this moment where the great dad says good job manoush yeah yeah glad we brought you on well i think that's why i have a co-founder mm-hmm. for better or worse we're basing this entire business on this look that we give each other when something sounds right to us oh that's great mm-hmm. we have this moment where we're like it like it like relaxes us our mm-hmm. bodies just kind of let go of the tension we're like oh that's what we were trying to do nope I there get it that. is you're killing the ceremonial father at that point. Mm, you're just like, it's so true. Yeah, I own this now. I get it. I deserve to be in charge. Well, then you become the ceremonial father. Is that better? No, but see, that's where the challenge lies is that we can we if if we are successful, if we do build this thing to the point where we can go home at the end of the day at six o'clock. Mm hmm. Can we have a team of people, a stable of geniuses mm-hmm. who we don't put that dynamic in play i'd like to try my joke is always like i need five to ten percent of your personality Uh uh-huh the other 90 percent is yours you focus on your discipline and what you are doing yeah 
And if you're obsessive about your discipline, improving yeah. your your value there, and really doing the work, you're going to succeed. Like I'm, we're we're going to find the work and align you with it. And there'll be some months when you're like, eh, I don't love this project, but yeah, you know, my goal is always like three out of five days a week are pretty good. Uh huh. Right. And then you can build your discipline really well with three out of five days a week. And it sounds like you're very good at hiring though, too. It's that's brutal. A, that it's is a, a process. I mean, yeah. Having just gone through this, it's a process. There but, is something about, I think, turning 45 that I'm like, I feel like I was a little bit of a late bloomer and that I'm really enjoying this period of finding what I really love and what I think I can achieve, but that the next phase needs to be about doing, helping other people find that. It has to be, right? Like, yeah. Like the way I put it, it's, I really only have enough personality for like a couple hours a week and the rest right. of it needs to be other people. Like right. You know, I have a I have a role where I'm out and sort of chatty and doing stuff a lot of the time, but there's not that much of me in there. Introvert? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I'd prefer, I mean, you know, my, my desk in this office is literally in a corner where nobody yeah. can. That's my to. fantasy too. Mm-hmm. I'm also, despite yeah. what you might hear or see, oh, very no. much an introvert. Yeah, the alpha introvert. It, exactly. You know, this is a thing? There, no, but that's, it is now. it's a podcast topic. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, this conversation, I enjoy immensely. I'm so yep. glad we did it. Yeah, me too. But I will be depleted for the rest of the day. Like yeah. there's, I will have no word. It's like there's a, I get this little jar every morning with a certain number of words. And once I've used them all. That's right. The person, yep. it just doesn't stretch any further. Nope. I have a job interview uh, that I have to do after this. Oh, you, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna, that's, that's hard. That's, that's harder than this. Yeah. This, I'm like, that I'm just like. You know Ooh. what I'm doing after this? What? I have my hardware wallet in my backpack mm-hmm. and I'm going to show Jen how to use it. And we're going to go buy some ether. Oh, Whoa. No <laughs> Over drinks to celebrate wow. the launch of our podcast. And it's, it's during a dip too. Well, did you see the announcement today? No, what was the announcement? Uh, SEC says they will not regulate them as securities. <laughs> yeah. Go Bitcoin, go ether. It's a fascinating moment. Like, it's 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 Edith Wharton meets like Blade Runner. I don't know. Something but is it's happening. It's a lot goofier. Definitely goofier. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of dudes in funny hats. I mean, there is that. See, Sybil's not like that. There's a lot no, of really very, cool women. They're very earnest. They're Sybil. very earnest. Yeah, it's an earnest blockchain. I am enjoying being E-R-N-S-T. Part of we need a little earnestness here. Yeah, Back to Donald Trump. Yeah, so, like, we started there. Let's end there. Yeah. Thank you, Donald Trump, for making me want to like. I don't know, be earnest and like semi-activist. That's weird to mm-hmm. me. I'm not. Zarissa, can I say, hear you say, thank you, Donald Trump? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Manoush, thank you for coming on Track Changes. This was so fun. Thank you guys for having me. Usually we ask people to give us a five-star rating on iTunes after, and, and let their friends know about track changes. But what they really should do this week is go listen to Zigzag. Oh, that is generous. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Tell their friends about Zigzag. Thank you. And then give Zigzag a five-star rating on iTunes. Because it matters. It does matter. It really <laughs> the does. algorithms. Yes. Apple, talk about blockchains. <laughs> Apple just owns uh, the, the universe. So anyway, uh, five stars. Thank you for that. Don't That's do very four. Generous. Don't be like, oh, I'm not sure. Five. Five. Thank you. That's okay. very generous.